0: This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, we've changed up a little bit of the intro here. Obviously, it's no longer about the time of day because nobody has any concept of the time of day or actually what day it is. And that's fine. Everybody, look, we're all trying to get through here what we're getting through. Um, but while we're all locked in, I appreciate everybody for being locked on. Queen Jared, I say, Come on, you gotta appreciate that. It's a good pun there. <laughs> uh joining us here this evening, um, former Lockdown Browns host um from the Orange uh Brown report, Mr. Jared Mueller, your local experts on the biggest stories, all things Cleveland Browns-wise for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Um, first things first, before we get into it, Browns-wise, Jared. Um, you, your wife, how's everything holding up? Um, obviously, Ohio versus New Jersey here um and you just kind of asked me like hey maybe where is this trending because probably about an hour from now new jersey's on pretty much a significant lockdown which i am totally more than okay with um the best way to avoid a runaway train is to get the hell off the tracks and sometimes you have to be told that um how are you guys holding up so far Jared?
1: you know so far so good um just trying to make it work for my clients without uh, having them come to the office. So we're trying to figure out video conferencing like this thing and, and all that, which is interesting and something I've never done professionally in my 18 years. Um, but thankfully, I currently still have a job and I'm st- still currently getting paid. Um, the bakery has actually lost a ton of business and then gained a ton of business. So it's been a really interesting kind of switch. And Melissa is just so good at doing what needs to be done and handling her business that you know, we have no idea what tomorrow holds uh, or Monday holds or whatever, you know, if we go into lockdown and all that stuff. Um, but thankfully, we're blessed, you know, um, we work hard, we do what we can do. Um, but you're right. I, You know, for me, it's even if we, you know, our business gets shut down for a while or whatever, like it's people over profit for us. It's, it's always about we, it's not about me. Um, and so for us, it's we're going to do the best we can until we can't. Um, you know, I have asthma and Epstein Barr, which is extreme fatigue syndrome. Uh, so I have some concerns about my own health. Uh, so I'm trying to be safe and cautious with that. Um, but I work for a medical uh agency that's willing to uh work with me and and handle our business. So again, just really blessed. But in the end, everybody's health and life and well being is more important than my pocketbook. Um, I'll be happy, listen. I can be homeless living on a beach, uh, living in, I would move someplace warmer. Um, but I could be homeless (laughs) with my wife as long as I'm with her. So, you know, besides that, I'll figure the rest of this stuff out.
0: Yeah. uh, And that's part of it. And especially in my my household here, um, between my wife, we hold four jobs, two obese. Um, right now this is the one job that can go on. Um, and I love my wife dearly. And I think this is one thing in every husband who can probably test to it is, once you're home almost every day, you, you start to appreciate more and more. Kids are not just exactly what your wife does. Uh, so, all, to, all, all the misses out there, uh, keep kicking ass. And uh, if we don't say that, we do appreciate you. Um, and it's just a, a changing everything. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I'm a little different with Jared, two kids here, and just trying to say, well, no, home, home. But the greater good is to be able to talk about the next year not these two to three months. This is what we want to get back to and getting back to what our lives are as far as free time and how we like to spend it. And look, if everybody feels like they're essentially grounded, yeah, that's a good thing. Um, Because hopefully we can get to see the reward of serving all these groundings that some of us served as we were kids growing up here. Um, But let's
1: get to the week. (laughs) You, me, never grounded. I could never see that happening.
0: I, I was the fourth... Of six, and all oh, my geez. other siblings were four years older. My younger siblings were four years younger. So everybody, oh well, Jeff gets it easy. No, I was just smart. Like I made sure, like there was like no bodies, there was no evidence. So like even if I was in trouble, it was well, we know you're in trouble, but all right, well you can't go out this weekend. Meanwhile, everybody got weeks and months and all that good stuff. But Jared, it's I, I don't want to say because it, it's like it's always oh you win March and da 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 or you. Uh, but for a new regime here, and we'll stick on the offensive side of the ball here, whether it's a first time GM and look, obviously, you know, foot in the building, it wasn't like it totally like pulled out of a hat higher. Um, and Kevin Stefanski, um, you put to bed with an offensive minded head coach and now a GM where it's like, all right, everybody thinks they're going to be on the page together. Within about 48 hours, it was like, OK, well, offense is handled. Um, I guess the rest of the offseason, I guess we understand where we're going to, you know, kind of have to put our chips into. But uh, the aggressiveness and the way they were able to manipulate these contracts to be team friendly, team friendly, and when we talk about what will be the cap next year, where a lot of these contracts, if you just, if you really like them as far as whether it's Conklin, you just rip it up and go long term. Um, you know, Hooper, you can renegotiate if it works really well. It got off to like a banging start, and it's like really, really – and I know you, me, Pete Smith, everybody who covers this team, we were just kind of like, well, wow. Well, wasn't really ready. He so expected to see that come this quickly.
1: Yeah, I man, I think what's really interesting, and you talk about winning March, and I know everybody talks about that, but I think what's different about this winning March is you're really winning with meat and potatoes. Like he, Hooper is really the splashiest of the players that were signed, and even him, he's an inline tight end who can do a variety of things. And so you're not talking about the OBJs or the edge rusher or this cornerback signing or whatever. You're literally talking about the meat and potatoes of a, of a team. And that is what the Browns were lacking. And I think that's how you win March to win in October, November and December is when you're, you're winning kind of with the meat and potatoes, you're not, you're not winning headlines. Right. And so the only reason Hooper really won headlines is a, He's a tight end, so there's something interesting there. But B was the first name in NFL free agency that came off the board. right? Besides that, if Hooper would have signed four hours later, I don't think it would have even got as much kind of national hype or publicity. And so I love that it wasn't a hype March. It was a meat and
0: potatoes, solid March. Well, the thing you like about Hooper is it's, it's you know, and this is where tight ends, you know, because you think of whether it's Kelsey and obviously such a great, receiving aspect and to what he brings to the game blocks well enough um more than well enough and then there's Kittle where it's just like this ultimate and you know, the ultimate two-way player and you kept searching and searching and you how are you going to find this Kyle Rudolph type guy here and that's one guy in Minnesota decided to keep on <laughs> okay I mean they could have made a bunch of million moves and God knows what's going on in Minnesota but you needed that guy and like the draft it was a crapshoot. It's not the class that it was last year, where was like, oh well, he could do it, or maybe he could do it. This year it was more of, well, maybe at pick seventy four or ninety seven, this guy could maybe. No, that that's not what was going to be, you know the the battery plug to make this offense go. They went after it, they sought after it, they established it. Um, it the blocking is more than good enough. And you add in whether it, you know, it's almost, I think, 146 receptions over the last two seasons. And then you start to figure in, well, it's a two tight end system. Okay. Well, David and Joker, yeah, he'll fit well as that, you know, move around tight end. All right. Cause awesome. That's a good spot for him too. And Farrell Brown, this is one I put out about three weeks ago and everybody kind of gave me like some static, like, I think Farrell Brown fits here because, he can maybe do some of the blocking. So God forbid something happened to Hooper. You had a whole bunch of, you know, and this is why probably Seals Jones is going to be moved on from, because he would have been that third movement tight end. It was just a nice setup to way it got together. And as far as wide zone, you know, with the theory, and then you get Conklin and, you know, whatever that deal is, either way, we're more than okay with it. I just don't think anybody thought, you know, at the end of the day, Conklin was going to be that easy that simple. And maybe some of the talk out of the combine probably did that. Um, whoever it was, I guess, Pauline and then Schefter poo-pooed it, whatever. Um, and the Jets are still looking for talent because I don't know exactly what they're doing. But <laughs> this is where we're at.
1: They're, they're putting in more turnstiles in New York. Uh, it's just their offensive line at this point. Yeah, I think I mean, when you think about the top tight end and the top right tackle were signed by the Browns and they were signed to reasonable deals. I mean, the reality is is Hunter Henry's one-year franchise tag is going to be more than what Austin Hooper is going to get paid. We know Kittle and Ertz and all those cats are going to get paid a ton more. And when we think about tight end, it's really interesting that their financial value is so low compared to like wide receivers and those kind of things, because they can do so many things. They're so versatile. They're so difficult to defend, all of those kind of things. So I think it's just a it's a nice little thing to say, top tight end, top right tackle. We're not overly stressed. That way the Browns don't have to have two rookies starting at tackle starting next year. Like those things just give you a level of comfort, right? And then you look at what Baker Mayfield did in Oklahoma. Uh, he really liked his tight ends, right? He, he uh, made something of Andrews. Um, and I think he really will use that middle of the field. Uh, and Hooper's ability to high point a ball is also um something that I think will work because when Baker misses over the middle of the field, it tends to be a little bit high. And Hooper's ability just to go up, get it, and and really use his hands to snatch a ball, um, is something I hope David and Joku is watching.
0: Uh yeah, I would agree with that and be more consistent in the pass catching of it. Um you add a keenum, you add a return guy. Um it just and this was probably the joy of it. We'll get to it when we flip to the other side of the ball. It was kind of like a like an Oprah free agency at this point. You get somebody, you get somebody, you get somebody. And it was all spread around and a little bit of talent spread everywhere, which yeah, I think we were all in agreement on. There were holes everywhere. But what they did offensively, and you know, are we gonna have these Isaiah Simmons talks at 10, or we're just gonna take a left tackle at 10 Gyre? You know, I think
1: the reality is, is right now I would bet on left tackle at 10 or trade down. I don't think I say Isaiah Simmons making it there. And I don't think they're going to value him that way. I think you see what Joe Showbert is actually a conversation I've had with people is uh, prior to the Showbert decision is if you're not willing to pay Schobert, are you willing to spend a number 10 pick? Now, Simmons is more versatile and does a few different things, but Showbert's proven in the league. So if you're not willing to pay Joe Showbert, are you willing to use your top draft aspect or asset on somebody at a similar type of position. And so if they're not willing to pay Joe, who didn't get overpaid at all, are the I don't think We're they're willing to the guarantee money, at no money. way. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the reality is is the only players I could see them drafting at 10 are for me it's worse and Thomas. I don't think they see Wills as a good fit for the system and I don't think they see Beckett or I'm sorry. I don't think they are as high on Wills. And I don't think they see Becton as a good fit for the system. So you're looking at Thomas or you're looking at worse. And then after that, you're probably looking at the Ezra Cleveland, Josh Jones, maybe Austin Jackson kind of level. And I think at that point, you're really talking is Jason Peter still available. Can we, can we get him for a year? So Ezra Cleveland isn't overwhelmed or, you know, you don't have to start him at left tackle, but you still have your guy long-term. Um, because I also think you have to think of someone like Derek Brown uh, or Javon Kinlaw uh, with the way that they value pass rush and they value somebody you can get after the quarterback. I don't think you can write those guys off. Um, and I don't think there's a way Akuda gets that low, but he'd probably be the only other player that could be uh, picked at number 10. I don't think he's going to get there, obviously, but um, it's really offensive tackle or trade down at this point in time.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, for Detroit, it's kind of lined up perfectly because they can kind of go wherever they want with them, maybe that top seven or eight. And obviously, they need Okuda, and they can kind of, you know, play the pimp role as far as getting everybody else their quarterback. So um, we'll get some more here. That's great. Well, we got to talk real here, plus I'm trapped <laughs> in here with all these women. i got to get this out somewhere, Jared. Um, for Jared Mueller, for Jeff Lloyd, we're going to throw on here on Lockdown Browns. Um Everybody's busting their butts this week. Um, obviously Jared, Jake, Burns, uh, Lane, everybody over at the OBR. Um, ton of effort through the site. Um, whether it's rumor central, all this stuff. Um, been phenomenal, and it's this has probably been key for all of us because for all of us guys to be locked up in the house, it may have been great that it was this week. Um, how next week works out will probably be a different one. Um, but a lot of action here this week. A lot of stuff to talk about. So if you were not, make sure you're checking out, subscribed to the OBR. 247 sports. Um, now Jared, we're gonna switch it up. Other side of the ball here. And this is where everybody got so nervous. He, offense, offense. Oh, was there gonna be anybody on defense? And, and look, there's quality pieces here. You know, obviously Miles Garrett, obviously Denzel Ward. Um, obviously the hope for Greedy Williams is high, regardless of the regime. There was a high, you know, pick put in him, safety, some. So this was maybe the approach here. You know, the approach on D is how many can we get? You know, how many pieces can we have? Whether it's injuries and what do we got to move on from? The linebacker thing, you know, once it became a reality, Joe wasn't going to be a part of it. It was like, all right, well, they don't really want to pay anybody within the middle. That's fine. As long as we're spending money in other spots, you know, make the, you know, make the, front, you know, make the front four strong, make the back four strong. And it was almost like as quickly as they got done with the offensive side, it was just kind of like 180, and it was just like went to new monitors and, you know, new happened. You know, because, you know, the computers are breaking out, all the business being done now. All right, here's the defensive board. What's left? Okay. And within, you know, another 18 hours, four guys brought in.
1: Yeah, I think it was, it was interesting. I think what really happened there is the Browns told those guys, this is what we're going to offer you, one-year deals at this. Spend your first day checking out what else you might be able to get. Come on back to us then, right? And so I think it just worked out that, you know, the only three long-term deals were all in offense. But then the defensive guys just kind of have have slid in with their one-year deals after. But I think you're right. You're just talking about a lot of solid decisions and a lot of uh, solid players there who – you know, to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two of them sign extensions in the season um, after the Browns and they kind of get a better feel for for what's going on and, and how they're playing and is Carl Joseph going to be healthy, all of that kind of stuff. So um, I love what they've done from a quality perspective, um, but I also think it's a sign that they're going to spend a lot of draft capital in a lot of these places still. And so you you fill needs in free agency, you fill your future in the draft. And so now they're not forced, but it's gonna be almost like Dorsey's first year, where a lot of the people he signed in free agency, he also drafted at those same positions, right? So um he, you know, signed Ty- or traded for Tyrod Taylor, drafted Baker Mayfield, signed Carrie and Mitchell, drafted Denzel Ward, um, signed uh Hubbard, drafted Corbett. Like those things are in general how the NFL likes to work and how good teams tend to work. That doesn't mean Dorsey's went well and it doesn't mean Barry's will go well. But I think um, people assuming this means anything about the draft are probably going to be disappointed or or assuming wrong things. Because I think this is just telling you they're going to, they don't have to focus on today, but they still need to focus on the year after and the year after that.
0: Well, I think, and, and part of what it is, is, you know, you bring in the current guy. So it gives you the today plan. It gives you the fallback plan, and then you go and draft what is either the future plan. If the future accelerates itself where it comes from day one, that's all the more better. Um, There's nothing wrong with quality depth, and you can always move quality depth. And it gives puts you in a position to more assets going further as a franchise with a bunch of star players is going to have to start handing out long term money, Um, and it's going to be key. Um, Look with, with Joseph with Kevin Johnson. Two more. You literally, you just added three former first round picks in just in free agencies alone. And it's always, and that's funny because there's another thing with, um, you know, things that you know John Dorsey did. Whether it was Greg Robinson, whether it was um, you know, Perriman. It was to the point now where like, wow, for a really bad team, they have a lot of former first round picks. On <laughs> um, so that's similar here. Um, but you know, with Joseph, obviously, a lot of it's all going to be about health. Um, yeah, I guess I think it's almost another million per. If he can play all sixteen, which would be a fantastic, it's never happened, but sure, why not? It'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, he likes to play who he is, but it's also you know, the type of guys they are, and you want to start to get like a feel of what this defense is going to be. Woods, whether it was Denver, whether it was his time last year in San Francisco, it was you know mean attack, hit, tackle, go get it, and you know with what they've done so far in the secondary. Um, albeit you know the one name that came in today where there is not much of a resume on Um, but these are those type of guys let's go let's get after it and you know it's not about certain just you know whether it's you know a single guy like Joe Schobert. 11 hats to the ball seems to be exactly what they're trying to preach here.
1: Yeah you're looking at the type of players who want to be physical Um, I think that's I honestly, I think Kevin Johnson, a lot of people have just assumed as him as a slot guy. I think he's really there uh, to fight Greedy Williams for that, that number two cornerback spot um, because I don't think they want to hand anything to him. And I don't think Kevin Johnson is perfectly set up to be their, their nickel guy. So if they're able to find somebody else in free agency or if they're finding somebody in the draft – um, I think they they want competition, and I think they want. I, you're exactly right. They want guys that are going to fly around. I think you're going to see more and more an emphasis on speed, um, and you're going to so you're going to see people that are flying all around and that want to hit. I think, like anything, you can't find the perfect player, the perfect player that flies around and wants to hit and gets everything right. He gets drafted in the first round, um, so you're going to see some mistakes. You're going to see some concerns about injury, with obviously Carl Joseph. Um, you know, the new guy is interesting. Donovan Alumba because just based on, he fits this Seattle cover three long lean corner thing. And so, um, you know, Joe Wood spent the last couple of years with uh, Richard Sherman out in San Francisco. And I think he values some of that as well. And so I, I hope what it looks like is it looks like a defense that takes advantage of what players do well. Right. So BJ Goodson, shouldn't be on the field much for passing downs. That dude should be on the field when they're going to run the ball. And that's okay for a depth linebacker. Um, but if they're able to bring in someone, Nigel Bradham or some other linebacker who can run around and, and cover, Mack Wilson does a decent job at that. Not as good going forward, not as good in run. Um, I just like the idea that hopefully Woods is going to use players to their strengths. It's why Greedy Williams didn't make any sense to me last year. He's not a Steve Wilkes zone corner kind of guy like hopefully he'll be better this year just in a system that uses his talents better Um, so it'll be interesting to watch how all the pieces fit Um, but Andrew Billings is someone who I was shocked went in the fourth round should have been a second round pick Um, and so we'll see you know can he do enough in the past against the past to really make a difference but you know it's exciting just to have some players that that have done well in the NFL but also were Top picks. I mean, Conklin going back to the offense, that dude is literally only available because he got injured in a playoff game. If he had gotten injured three months previously, they would have known how healthy he was when he had to pick up his fifth year option. And he'd be in the Titans this year for his fifth year option. But he got injured at a time where they had no idea if they should pick up his fifth year option. That's the only reason the dude's available. So I think it's just some nice little kind of pieces that have come together for the Browns.
0: Well, and the way they've also kind of pieced it together, because like you talk about Billings, um, he still may never see much, you know, pass, you know, you know, pass snaps, and that's okay because you know, with the thing with Larry, and we we talk about this with a bunch of guys, is it's great that he has taken his body as like his temple and made himself into what now looks like an edge rusher. Um, but you know, the Larry Ogunjobi with a little junk in the trunk was the guy that was a little bit more valuable than the franchise a few (laughs) years back. Um, we'll get to a little bit more here with Jared. Um, the Google news hits, um, whether it's Alexa, or e, um, play Lockdown Browns, play the little latest Cleveland Browns news. You get me and some shorter five minute, one minute spurts, you know, all factual information. Um, and appreciate you guys here. Look again, you know, if I can be a tiny bit of it and the show can be a tiny bit of it, the break of what is the monotony of everybody's lives right now. Yeah, I'm here for it. And God knows. I ain't got much else to do. So, being able to talk about some ball here, I get my release. You guys all get your release. It's a win win all around, everybody. What's fun? You may know a thing or two. What would be something you think that could possibly line up? Um, and it's almost to this point where and everybody keeps asking, well, what's next? What's next? It's like, well, guys, are we getting a little greedy now? I mean, <laughs> this is eight to nine free agents. This isn't bad thus far. I mean, granted, yes, there's only seven picks here. But um, they, they've done a really, really nice job here. And they've been able to put it together. And like I said, it's been kind of Oprah-ish where it's, all right, we're going to put a little bit at everything, which is what you love to see. And, you know, it, and for anybody who wants to get upset about it, you can't because they're trying to help out. Each individual unit and whether whatever you think, you know, about, you know, a backup quarterback to Baker, it's a smart move on the surface. Um, you know, if you're still a, if six goes down, we're screwed, which I'm OK if you feel that way. I'm kind of OK if you feel that way. Trust me, I am. But at least he knows the system. But it's a little bit of everything everywhere. And it just shows, you know, a that you're trying to change the roster that was left behind, which is maybe why there were openings this quickly after such a regime shift, but it's been nice. What, what free agent wise off the street wise, what's in your opinion, something could possibly happen. And if you say Trent Williams, I'm going to jump through the monitor. (laughs) I will say
1: that I don't believe that any of the names that we've heard publicly. And so, um, you know, we, we try to keep things for our subscribers, there um but i i will say i don't think anything we've heard publicly i don't think any of those players are they're out on Mm -hmm. because of the moves they made when you look at the moves that they've made there's none of them both either financially or positionally that has taken them out of the running for anybody else that we've heard right so you talked about trent williams listen whatever like worst case scenario four offensive tackles go in the top nine and they have to figure it out from there and then maybe trent williams is a good deal but guess what They could do that during the draft. If the, after three of them go off the board, they'd be like, Hey, that, uh, 93 or 97,
0: uh, 97. Cause I was, I'm still mad that it's not 90 Jared. I'm still mad,
1: but Hey, 97, 97. All right, let's go. Let's get it going. Right. They, so they still have some options there, but I don't think, you know, I know we've Anthony Harris has been talked about, um, that franchise tag, he hasn't signed it yet. So until he signs it, they can't trade him anyways. They could rescind I don't it. I think Minnesota they
0: don't... wants to sign him to that. They're probably – I think they literally have had their bluff called.
1: Absolutely. So that could be rescinded, and all of a sudden the Browns are really interested, which I think Anthony Harris is one that's really interesting in that, obviously, Stefanski knows him, all of that. But what does that do? If they sign Anthony Harris, what does that do when I look at their draft? Because right now we all kind of have offensive tackle, free safety, right? Like we're all kind of right in that range. Some people think linebacker fine in the second round. All of a sudden, free safety is solved. Right tackle is solved. Tight end solved. Fullback solved. Like long-term solved. All of a sudden, that just opens up everything. But So I don't think there's anybody, richard Higgins, uh, Everson Griffin, um, Anthony Harris. I think all of those guys are still kind of on the board. And I think the NFL and their agents are all trying to figure out what they value. Um, and so the Browns are very clear. Um, I think what's really different about Sashi and Andrew Barry has been the communication with the agents. What I've heard is everything is professional. Everything is straightforward and they know what to expect. I think that's actually why um, we had the signing we had today with Donovan is I think he was just straightforward. This is what we want. This is what we'll pay him. This is why we want him. This is what we expect. And so I think agents and players have a respect for what Barry is doing and they know if they go back to Barry, They know what to expect. It's not going to be some kind of game playing like, oh, two days ago we offered you 50 and now we're only offering you 40, whatever numbers, it doesn't matter. So I think all of those names are really honestly still on the table. Um, And I would not be shocked to see another linebacker and an edge rusher added in the next 48 to to 72 hours. Um, I'm not sure who, but I think those two positions still get addressed in the very near future.
0: Well, I mean, if you look at it, edge rusher is the one spot that has not essentially been addressed. And linebacker, it's going to be – and for me, I keep throwing this name out because Pete probably brought this up about like two weeks ago, is Dayon Buchanan. If you're going to say B.J. Goodson is part of this, well, guess who's going to come out of the field when a guy like B.J. Goodson comes off? Dayon Buchanan would be fantastic. We talked about this last offseason, but obviously with Wilkes here and kind of a diminisher to his career. Um, yeah. <laughs> That was not going to be a possibility. Not going to um, happen. But no, negative, negative, negative. And um, I, I speak with they own it. Yeah. It was like, hey, appreciate the gesture, but no. Um, which is how he ended up here for the Giants, which probably didn't work out much better either. But hey, no. you keep fighting. Yep. You keep clinging.
1: Yep. Now,
0: um, draft is coming, Mr. Mueller here. Um, obviously, this is going to probably be – for me, probably not so much. This will be a familiar to drafts of my yesteryear. It's going to be strange. It's going to be different. And to the city of Las Vegas, obviously, it's difficult because, you know, a lot of revenue is going to be lost on all this. But, you know, 10, 41, you, you put out two names at 10. Otherwise, this is a trade-down scenario. I wouldn't be stunned if it was not even – maybe if it was just one name because, obviously, as much as we all value worse. Um, if he's valued that high at 10, you only imagine where he's going to be valued higher. Um, gun to your head, would you say they draft at 10 and they move down? Or do you think they'll be okay if it's Andrew Thomas? Because it's a tough one. I mean, because Cleveland and Jackson and obviously Jones, like you said, the appeal as far as what would fit this probably fits with those three more. And I hate when people do this on Andrew Thomas because – look, he'll fit anywhere. It's just kind of like, yes. Um, no, he's just really good. So you just take him. It doesn't matter. It'll work out. Um, and maybe some people lost their you know, idea of him with the athletic numbers just because some other guys were just ridiculously that good. Gun your head. Is it 10 or is it 16, 17, 18? Yeah, I think, um,
1: I think Andrew Thomas is going to be there. Um, but here's what's really interesting is I actually think NFL teams are going to be smarter this year because there's not all these workouts for them to like fall in love with some, oh my God, he did this. And he had this testing number and he had this, he had this. Like, I think what's interesting is Worfs had this amazing combine, but it just backs up the tape, right? Like it's not, he wasn't this combine workout. Beckton actually is a better, uh, where his combine was like, oh my goodness, he's amazing. And let's, of pump him up because he ran this fast i think this draft you're actually going to see a lot more um people just looking at tape and going how good is this player playing football and so i think what's interesting about that is that could actually help andrew thomas that could actually help tristan Wirfs. and i don't know i honestly believe if those two are gone they're gone, um, but I think at this point, I think number ten worse, or Thomas will be there, and I think that's their pick. I don't think the Browns are gonna be trade down for trade down purposes, like they're not gonna bet on having Ezra Cleveland available or Josh Jones available, Austin Jackson, whoever it is. I don't think they're gonna bet on one of those and try to kind of rig the game in their favor. I don't see that as really Andrew Barry's game right now; I think his game is. We have a really good player that fits what we want and need. Let's go. Um, I think that's really going to be the key there. So I would say it's going to be a number a pick at number 10. Um I that's just based on thinking that Thomas will most likely still be on the board, given what Wills being an Alabama guy and just some of the upside that people see in him. Um and then Beckton, just I think he's gonna wow he wowed somebody. Someone's like, wow, look at this gargantuan dude, which I think it, I still Dave think Gettleman. it would be Dave Kettleman exactly like he's a guy that's like a big guy who can run really fast I want him on my team let's go like let's not look at logic let's just go with the biggest dude that makes us excited he's yeah, like um, he's like the dude who just goes or the girl who just goes after the good looking one and not even worried about personality brain morals oh she or he is hot let's go
0: yep and uh, no, I remember when we recovered covered when we covered round one in April, and you know we were a couple of picks away from the Giants' pick. As far as you know, coverage, and the Giants' pick came through, and you hur, 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 let out almost a Homer Simpson laugh, and I was like, "All right, I guess the Giants' pick is in." So <laughs> uh, there's always Dave Edelman, and the Chargers. You know they always love themselves some, as Pete says, cruise ships. Um, whatever well, <laughs> quick they can move. Um, wow. Jared, um, before we start to put a ball on this, uh, give a shout out to the OBR crew. You guys have been busting your butts here this week. Um, and look, uh, for everybody listening, uh, we could all use the backing that we can get here right now. Um, it stinks to be trapped within the house, but, um, to be able to, you know, report on this, give everybody a break from everything else. It, it's fun. It's, it's yeah. good
1: I mean, to be honest, I am blessed. Like the reality is, is the OBR is the original, um, and and i came along with the original it you know, should be I, the
0: og obr but go ahead
1: exactly like we're like the oc in wwe the original yeah. the only <laughs> the whatever i forget what their little tagline is but you know for me it's been a blessing where um barry mcbride who who runs the site and runs the company has been around you know forever before when it was bernie's insiders and all these other kind of labels. Um, there's actually a cool YouTube video. I'll send it back out again about some of the things that Barry uh, Lane, Don Delco. I mean, just some of these old school guys that were have been around for a long time were involved with shutting down the NFL fax machines when uh, when the Browns, Uh, when Art Modell moved the Browns and what they did with early days of the internet to get the Browns name saved and all that stuff. So I'm literally able to come on board with this legacy. Um, And so Lane is still there. Uh, Lane has been able to uh, develop relationships with everybody who's ever come into Berea. Um, He's just that good at what he does. Um, And so that's why he is our, our insider extraordinaire, because he just always has. Jake Burns does an amazing job as a former college uh, quarterback, um, his ability to break down film and understand things. Uh, Jonathan um, does an amazing job. Um, chalk, all 22, Chalk Talk or something all like that. All Chalk 22,
0: something like that, yes. Yeah,
1: something like that. Um, he does a great job. as a, uh, He is a defensive coordinator, I believe, at a high school level, um, and just really helping us understand how, how defense is played, Um, and then you have Fred Greetham who, um, he's been around forever too. Like Fred was around for anything and everything. Like Fred used to hang out with Art model back when that was a good thing to do. Um, you know, like (laughs) it's yeah. Back then, like, (laughs) you know, Fred's been around as long as anybody covering the team. And so, um, Fred as our beat reporter does an amazing job. Um, Brandon Castell come has come on and he does some work for us as well. So we're just blessed with a good variety of guys um, who really understand uh, the game, understand the Browns, understand how to write. Um, and we've been blessed. We've had some great writers that have either – decided to move on and, and moved on in their career. Uh, Brent Soboleski, who works for Bleacher Report also helps us, uh, in our forums and some of our Rumor Central and all that kind of stuff. Hayden Grove who works for cleveland.com started with us. Um, you know, Bob Evans used to do a lot of editing for us. We've just been blessed with some, uh, Andrea Hanks, uh, does, did an amazing job for us for a while doing a lot of cap stuff. Like we've just been blessed to have a lot of really good people. So, um, I, you know, I, I tell people this, like my reputation, I worked really hard for it, but the reality is, is it got this booster seat or booster rocket strapped to my, my reputation when the OBR decided to bring me on because they are literally, if you're connected to the OBR, you have to be legit. Um, And if you're not legit, you ain't going to be around for very long. Like it's just <laughs> the way it is like that. It, it is, it is the original. It is, um, you know, Barry Lane, Fred, Don before all those guys, they, um, set a foundation, um, that it's hard to beat. You know, we have a hundred thousand people in our forums on a daily basis interacting because we've been
0: the original. Well, it's like, I always say, and we always talk about Jared, we know who's working, we know who's putting yep. it in. And, um, obviously the, uh, standard was set by, uh, the, the OBR, um, so you be a part of it, obviously Brent. Um, and bring in somebody like Jake who's just been able to uh, just, you know, I mean I don't even know how to put it, like jumpstart it. You know, with his passion and um you're, you're basically being able to, you know, because the thirst is there from so many younger fans now, where like it's not just enough to hear about it, it's enough to show me your work. And that's where somebody <laughs> like Jake comes in, and it's fantastic. So um, so for Mr. Jared Mueller for all you l- original OG on Browns fans, um, obviously, Jared was the guy here. Um, it took a while and a while, but we've remodeled the place here to get it a little bit nicer after Jared left it. Um, and everybody's favorite rabbi, of course, Mr. Mueller. <laughs> fantastic guy in that effort. Um, Pete would smack me if I did, Jared, so I had to. I, we're going to have to. Not, we're only way we're going to get through this is having fun with each other. It's the Absolutely. only way. <laughs> but, uh, of course, the guys over the OBR are killing it, so make sure you're following at Jared Mueller at uh, the OBR, everything that's going on there. The show itself at On Browns. Uh, DMs open, follow back account. Um I think that's one on the show. Like I'm telling you, like uh I get a lot of free time right now. So um if it comes down to uh Pete and I create uh, you know grading each other on a relationship standpoint maybe we can go that route um we can do our uh, you know, maybe do a brownies type of award show as far as coverage at the time folks let's enjoy it let's all find a way to get through this uh, me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd Again, DMs are open the thing. Um, just, again, um, we've, we're one week through it now. Um, find your way. Um, for my parents, yeah, it ain't easy. Um, and yesterday, I had to get in my car and just go for a drive. My wife called me. She's like, what are you doing? I just needed to get away for a minute. <laughs> just needed to go away for a few minutes, whatever you're going to do. But the thing is, is, also be honest about it. If you need a break, you need your space, let everybody know you're not getting away from each other right now. It's just not an option. Just let everybody know what you're going through here. Um, we have these beautiful things called social media. This is why DMs, all these things exist. Just want to talk. And you know what? If it managed, if it, if it comes down to arguing about the Browns' third running back, but it gets your mind off of the BS of the day, it's enough to clear your head for it and get back to what you got to do. That's what we're all here for. Um, so appreciate everybody in this respect. Um, Jared, obviously to you and your wife, all the best here. Um, everybody, again, I appreciate why we're all locked in. Joining us here on Locked On, this has been your daily delivery of all things LGB on the L-O-B. Let's go, Browns!